As of last week, we reached a thousand players in our podcast. So because of this, we've decided to run a competition for two t-shirts that were generously donated to us by the Anfield Wrap. All you need to do is find the competition post, like it, give it a share and tag two of your mates. You're able to enter as many times as you like, as long as you um, tag two extra friends. And our next week's podcast will announce two of our winners. Good luck. This is the Football Pink Podcast and Liverpool Football Club are officially the best club in the world after they beat Flamingo 1-0 in extra time. You nearly Making, lost it. I though. did, yeah, I did. Making us the most successful English club once more. 47th and two ahead of Man United. It doesn't get much better than that, Simon. Well, we're, the rest of the world now know what we've known all season. We are the best team in the I mean, whole bleeding world. Like you world. said, I think before before even playing this game, we are the best club in the world at the minute in time. And like you said, this competition now, this competition now just proves it. Um, and we get, a, we get a badge to prove it. Very nice badge as well. It is, yeah. So let's say we get our World Championship badge on. Um, and it, it was a weird game, really, because I feel like we didn't really get going. Um, I, I think typical Liverpool, I think we both started really halves really quickly. Um, we had chances early both in the, each half, just didn't take them. Um, and they say you change them, it changes the game, really. But um don't think we ever really hit full stride. Yeah, I think, yeah, had we got an early goal, I think we would have hit, hit our stride because they wouldn't have been able to do all the shit hours really that they did because they were behind. So I think, that, you know, had we got an early goal, we'd have had a completely different game. As it was, they set out to frustrate, uh, needle, time waste, stall, you know, uh, and, it, you know, it's, it's what South Americans seem to do. Yeah, and they were doing pretty well at it, to be honest. Getting to the starting eleven, um, let's face it, we knew what the back five was going to be, and we knew what the front three was going to be. It was the midfield three. Um, we knew Hendo would come back into the middle, and it was wh- who was going to be partnered with him. Um, it was going to be, you know, it was going to be two of Ox, Kaita, and Milner. Um, I thought Milner would come in for for his experience, and because they would have the needle. Um, but he went with Ox and Kaita. I think Kaita had. Um, I mean, Kaita had a very good tournament all round. I thought really. Yeah, I think we've been waiting for the Kaita that we thought we were getting to actually start coming back to to where he was when he when he first came and he was fit and started coming into the squad and starting to being what we thought he was before he was injured. Now he's finally getting back to that. You know, he's. Uh, his ability to pick a pass out, his ability to put his foot on a ball, and he's always making himself available. He's not; he doesn't shy away from asking for the ball, which I really, really like. I think um, the man management from Klopp has been really good with him because you know he came in, he scored two in two games um, in the league and the Champions League, and then he was left out, which was surprising to everyone. But um, I think Klopp is okay. So now he was playing once every so many weeks. Now he'll play in two games a week. And then he'll maybe have a week off. And before, you know, because he just knows, obviously, in this busy period, everyone's going to have a break. 
Um, it's going to be interesting when we get out of this busy period. Is he going to be more of a regular? We'll see. Yeah, I think I was listening. Kind of depends on Genie, I guess. Yeah, but I was listening to another interview with somebody uh, last week. Can't remember the exact one, but apparently behind the scenes, one of the things they were worried about was the fact that his physical ability to cope with the Premier League. Now, obviously, this wasn't Premier League, but he's been. They've been working a lot on his core, apparently, and strengthening him so he can't be knocked off the ball as easily. Like I said, because he does come for the ball a lot, so I feel like a lot of the time he is getting his. He's, he's having back to goal, so you do need to hold the ball up, maybe try and turn a player. Um, and like I said, in the Premier League, especially against the lower teams, they are going to just come right through you and you've got to be strong enough for that. Um, but like you say, what I do like is he, he, he can literally get bars off the ball, he can lose the ball five times in a row, but he'll still do the exact same run and ask for it again. Yeah, and generally, if he loses the ball, he immediately starts tracking back to try and recover it as well. He's, he's just a clock player through and through. You know, he's everything that the clock looks for in a player, Kiter is. And I think in this second half of the season, we're going to see a lot more of him now, which I'm really pleased about because I think he's got something in his locker that we need. Uh, and I think he proved that today, to be honest. Moving on to Ox, I think Ox, I think Ox struggled today. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it, I think his performance was summed up by the ankle injury, which at the time of speaking, there's been no scans, there's been no report, all there's been interview. Klopp says, you know, we're hoping it's not as serious as what's first sought. You know, I think everyone knew, thought straight away it was going to be his knee. After seeing the replay, you realise it's just his ankle and the way he's bouncing around, um, celebrating, celebrating and stuff like that. Um, you know, he posted on Instagram, hopefully it's not as bad as what's first thought. You're probably maybe looking at a month tops, a couple of weeks out, maybe just some ligament strain, luckily. Um, you, I wouldn't look too much into the moon boot, um, to be no, honest. That's I think, just a protection to stop any further damage. I th- I th- with the football players these days, I think you can hurt your wrist and they'll still throw you in a moon boot on your <laughs> right ankle, to be honest. Because every time something happens, I always get thrown in a moon boot and then the media goes nuts. But um, personally, I think he'll, like I say, it might be a month. Not the best time with Genie out as well. But um, I don't think Genie's far off, to be honest. I think if we needed to, Genie could have played this game. But we've got Kai to fit again. Kai to fit. And also then you've got Minamino, who is a person that can play in that role as well. Absolutely. But yeah, um, Ox kind of floated in and out the game, I thought. It just wasn't... just think he couldn't really get himself going. No. Uh, yeah, and, and these things happen out of everybody in the team. I wouldn't say he had a bad game. I just didn't think he had a particularly good game, and he was probably the I weak out of out of everyone in the squad. He was the weakest on the night. I say, well, you think you say he didn't have a bad game? It's more that you didn't really notice he was actually on the pitch. Yeah. So he wasn't really doing necessarily any wrong, but, but yet again, like he was probably getting the ball and just playing it off nice and easy. But he wasn't playing. He wasn't doing them typical driving driving runs exactly. which we like to see from him. He wasn't getting in behind like we like to see from him. Um, like I say these things happen, um, but. And maybe yet again, you don't know what he's been told. You might you might have told Kaita you're the one that's going to drive forward and Hawks needs to sit. You just don't know what we've been told. But I mean, the injury kind of just sums up the night. Sums for up him. the night for Although him. Although he's, he's, I think he'll take his medal home quite happily and say thank you very much. I'm uh, now a world club champion. So uh, he looked happy enough at the end, singing and dancing on his crutches. The front three, um, I think Bobby. Um, Played well. Um, I think he was quite quiet the other night. Um, I think Bobby, again, because he was playing against a, a Brazilian side, Bobby had someone to prove. And I think his goal celebration highlighted that as well. And I think at times, the front three, 
didn't really care. I find like we were under the pressure a lot. Say under the pressure. Um, they had a lot, I think at the times they had a lot of possession. I think I was talking to you saying we just need to keep the ball for five minutes. And we just kind of keep sending over the top, which has worked for us lately. So I think that's why we keep trying it, because we're trying to find different dynamics of playing. But sometimes we just go in long ball, but it wasn't getting over the defender's head. And our boys up top aren't going to be able to challenge in the air, especially against these South American centre-backs. Yeah, uh, and out of the three, I'm going to sound terrible saying that, I think Mane out of the three was the, had the least impact on the game in real terms. Yet, he could have had a huge impact on the game had that penalty shout potentially being given so it's not a criticism I just think again normally on that side him and Robbo combine and you see Mane driving at the full back and we didn't see as much of that today I'd as say, I, would have I think expected. it's definitely noticeable that you know when the full backs don't maybe get as high and as we're attacking we're not as much of an attacking threat I think our centre back full backs didn't get that high um, tonight or this morning I guess um, and that obviously then shows that, you know, there were times where... I think that was because we were pinned back quite a lot, though. They didn't do much with the ball. A lot of it, they were just passing it side to side in front of us, and that's due to our defensive structure. But I think because they were, they were pinned back a bit, they were maybe a bit more cautious of getting forward. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know what the game plan was I mean, on like the day. And like you said, it might have been told by a clock where they go, you know, they've got fast wingers, they're going to get nice and high. Maybe we sit and let the our front three get get at their back three. Well, back the last, back last thing you could have done was allow them to get a goal and get in front because yeah, the level of shit house really would have a hundred percent. But yeah, and and it would have got really really frustrating. As it was, Mane was getting frustrated and Kaita was getting frustrated. Uh, I think the referee was a complete nutter tool, to be honest. Before we go on the ref, um, I just want to talk about one more player, Gomez. Um, oh, what a game. What a game. So, you know, we've had him at right back, you know, and although he was our, about, it was about this time last year, we got, he did his own leg, and he was our, you know, they, him and Virgil were doing all the media stuff together, like they were best mates, and all of a sudden he's our fourth choice centre back. Um, people, He's coming at random times, playing with kids, playing right back, and people a bit, Yes and no about him, but I think it's safe to say after tonight, um, looks like we've got our Gomez back. Definitely, uh, we've been waiting for him to have that game alongside Van Dyke again, and uh, and stake his claim for being you know the the second choice centre half once again, and it's just been a matter of time before it comes. And you know, say we everyone was on about he's he's going to be the next England centre half and all the rest of it. Uh, and I still think he will be. We have to appreciate he's still very, very young. Uh, but I think he's in for an, an extended run of games now. Well, I think he has a choice with um, Massip and Lovren being out. But um, but once once they're both fit, I think they're going to struggle dislodging him now. He'll get, 100%. They'll get a good run of games. Uh, and there was one tackle he made and... I th- he come He's in, covering Trent, I yeah, think. Yeah, come in like a steam train. Yeah. Absolute steam train. And, and his pace gets him out of, gets Trent out of trouble an awful lot. And Virgil on the other side with Robbo. Who, and Virgil doesn't have to run fast because mm. he just happens to be in the right place at the right time all the time. So all in all, I think it was a a good performance uh, to get the result we I, wanted. And with, I think it's just one more with Alisson. Um, he didn't have much to do on the night. I don't think there was a shot on target till after the on. till after the hour mark for both sides. But I think it's testament to him where he doesn't have to do much all game, but when he is needed to pull off a save, he's able he to pull delivers. it out. 
Yeah, and you say we say there was wasn't a shot on target. We did, you know, we had the bobby shot that hit the posts, which so technically it's not on target. But yeah, how the hell that didn't go in is beyond me. Well, the, we'll oh. touch on the chances now. You know, we really could have should have. Well, I would say should have been up with inside the first minute. Yeah, Bobby has that chance inside the first fifty seconds, and he should score. Should have. Um, Put it high, and then uh, on the fifth minute, Kaita has a shot, and he skies that one as well. And you think you score at least one of those two. And the pressure's on. The pressure's on. They'll have to start coming out. They might panic. Well, they ca- they're not stalling for time. They're, exactly. You know, whereas right from the off, they wanted to run the game at and their then, pace. You know, we didn't really have many clear-cut chances after that, but that Bobby one um, in the second half really should have... He should have buried that. He should have, definitely 100%. And nine times out of ten, he does. Uh, but... Yeah, <laughs> none of us could believe the way it just came off the inside of the post. But you just wait, as it hits the post, you're waiting it to hit the side net and on the yeah, side of the I, know, I think doesn't. Bobby was in the process of running towards and behind you, the you goal. you start thinking of going, you know... Oh dear. Is, is, is this... Is the bubble about to burst? Is this... Um, is just not our day, but then you remember that it's this Liverpool side and whether it's 90 or 180, um, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way. And I think that's a new thing with us. It's not new anymore, but we always we say this on every podcast. To be honest, because we always find different ways to win. Well, I said I sent you a text as we went watching a game together. I sent you a text and said that you know Divock Origi to score in the ninety fourth minute just before we going into extra time. I, mean, I haven't written this down actually, but um, we were talking a bit about the subs. It was quite strange because um, they had used all th- we we hadn't used a sub till I think it was a si- well after the sixty fifth minute. Um, we hadn't used a sub. I think they had used two. By the end of the 90 minutes, they'd have used all three and we'd only used yeah, the one, one. Um, which was interesting um, because, I mean, I sent you a message saying, I think Klopp knows this is going to go, he just knows that we're not going to score in 90 minutes here. We're good, this is going to go into extra time. And I might need all three. I might, because obviously you get that extra sub in extra time. So you get the extra, um, so then we'll have three and they'll only have the one. And they started, you know, a number of their players started to get, in quotation marks, cramp. Um, but it was strange how we didn't make any subs. You know, we only made one considering, especially towards the end of that. They weren't, I wouldn't say they were dominating, but they were having a lot of the ball yeah, we, and they were just passing it side to side. They weren't penetrating us, us at all. And we, were saying we, were, right. we were saying we we needed something new, some new impetus and that kind of thing. Fresh pair of legs, new impact on the game. And for me, I, I was thinking Divock, to be honest. But that's why Klopp gets paid. The big money. big money because he, you know, he got it right yet again. <laughs> yeah, so you got to take your hat off to him. Uh, and yeah, again, just that, just a quick thing about the shit house with a clear goal. How many goalkeepers go down with cramp? But I actually, I was, I've got to be honest, I was con by it. You were the one that was saying it's yeah. not, it's not cramp. And I'm saying surely the keeper won't be, but he obviously was. It was, it was interesting because um, they said. I mean, he did look like he actually had cramp and all of a sudden, but then, you know, you say, not long we go one and up, and not one of their players got cramp after, after that. one and up, which is... Considering three or four of them were down with cramp just beforehand. Typical. Um, but before we get into that, before we get into extra time, there was the big controversial moment. Um, Mane running through one-on-one with the keeper. He was brought down supposedly um, inside or outside the box. It was... If there was contact, it was outside the box. Um, I think everyone can agree on that. It wasn't inside the box. Um, now, I mean, personally, from my point of view, I don't think it, I think the referee actually got it right. I didn't see actually any contact there. I think Mane was anticipating contact, 
and he never got it. I think Mane should just run through there and score. I don't think there was any real contact. I think he was anticipating it. So when he did swing through, he, he was too busy worried about that. Had an air shot and fell over. That's from my point of view. Yeah, initially I thought it was contact. Oh, uh, it looked like penalty straight and, up, 100%. And I think on one camera angle, it looked like there was some contact. And on another camera angle, it looked like there wasn't. But yet and again, this is, this so many times you can slow down any single tackle and make it look a lot worse than it, it, it actually is. That um, When Salah got booked... I mean, you slow that down and go, oh, yeah, that actually could be quite nasty. It studs up over the top of the ball, mm. red card. In the big scheme of things, he doesn't no, touch him. No. And he gets most, he steps literally on the ball and yeah. then just tries to change direction type yeah. of thing. So if you do any, slow any challenge down, it makes it look worse. Um, but for me, it 100% wasn't a penalty. And if there was contact, it was outside the box. Um, but I think, personally, I think the referee got it right. Yeah, I think the the referee's initial thought was outside the box and give, and gave a yellow card. And the problem with that was if it's outside the box, it should have been a red card. However, however, um, if looking at that, you know, it's this big debate on clear and obvious. We go into it every week. Was that a clear and obvious error? Now, it was a clear and obvious error that it was outside the box to inside. It was 100%. If there was contact, it was outside the box. But now, was it clear and obvious that it wasn't a foul? Got to, no. Got to remember that they, the clear and obvious statement is EPL. This is a different set of guidelines, and that's why they, well, that's why they, tell, him, they tell him, we're unsure on this one, you need to come over and make the decision, which is that's why, why it's a joke, because now you have, three, we play in Europe, and it's different, we play back home in England, and it's different, now playing on the continent, and it's fucking different. Correct. Welcome to football. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like I said, I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll get into the referee in a minute, but I, th- I do believe that he got that right. Um, now, if it's a penalty, I agree with the yellow. If it's outside the box, he has to be sent off, because of that um, double jeopardy stuff. On the other hand, if he gives a free kick the other way, which he did, I mean, I don't know what the, how they got a free kick the other way. Well, he didn't do it as a free kick. Oh, he just dropped he the did ball, as didn't a, he? Uh, yeah, he's just... Uh, so, and even that was wrong. The ball went dead. It so it should have been a goal kick. Now, Play for on. me, if you're not going to give it, you have to send Mane off. Because technically, it's a dive. You should get his second yellow. Look, I'm glad he didn't. But you look at it from that point of view. If he's not giving it, why has Mane gone to ground? If you don't see any contact and Mane's gone to ground, you have yeah. to give him his second yellow. Except he was at stretch and, 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 and didn't make contact with the ball. If you're following, and the, fell if over, you're following you know? the rule book, if he's I, fell over with no contact, looking for a penalty. I well, think there was contact. But maybe, again, it depends on what he saw and whether not not enough contact for a penalty or a, f- a foul or whatever. Because, you know. God forbid we are allowed to have contact in this sport of ours and it not be a foul, you know? So, uh, yeah, either way, referee made his call and we had to get back on with the bloody game, you know? Uh, he got plenty of others that were crazily we'll, wrong. We'll get into it now. Um, he just like he... You feel like with them... Look, he was a Qatari referee. I understand why they wanted a Qatari. I think the Qatari... Um, the, the um the four main officials the two ref the referee two linesmen the fourth were all Qatari the rest were um international um I can see obviously why they chose a Qatari but he just wasn't up to the level no he wasn't I mean and he wasn't aware of the he obviously only does the Qatari leagues so he's not aware of the type of shit that goes on in South America um 
Or even North America when we played Monster. But even really. just the pace of the game. Staying up with the pace of the game. I mean, there was stuff that wasn't shit hours, really, that he just got completely wrong. When two of their players jumped for the same ball and butted each other and went to ground, he gave a free kick. He stopped the game because he thought the player was hurt. Fine. But he should have been a bounce ball back in our favour. You know, you know, it's stuff like that. Uh, you know, the Hendo was dragged down in the box. Yeah, that, like, that's the main one I've got written down. Um, he gets somehow gets fouled against him, but Henderson clearly. There's not even a. Sometimes it's fifty-fifty though. Hendo will get pulled down, but Hendo will also be pulling his shirt or something. Hendo didn't touch him. Hendo clearly got pulled down, and and the guy fell over the, while he was and, pulling and, him down. And he got the, basically the ref see him go down and was like, "We'll give it a free kick the other way." Yeah, it's an easy. Now easy that's what curve. I want to know is what goes on. The, that would have. Surely would have been checked. That you'd say correct. That one to me, the VAR should have checked that and called it up. And that, that was a hundred percent. And again, Stonewall it, and that's why it, it's so oblivious to me why that isn't looked at. Why don't you give even if it's a half fifty fifty chance? You, the people should blow it up. Look, we don't like it because it interrupts the game. But even if it's a fifty fifty chance of a penalty, it should be blown up and go. Okay, if, even if they're not doing this clear and obvious, if they want the referee to come over to the monitor and look, you say a fifty fifty chance. Come on over, have a look and see what you think. We think there's something yeah. in this. Which they did on the first one. Which they did. Also oh, on the second one, why didn't they do that on why? the first one? And it's not even that, he gave a free kick the other way. The other way. It's it's, it, it, it's madness. And the, the little whistle in his ear, come and check this one out. Um, there's also the um, Mane yellow card. So, we're, What do you think of that with Rafinha? The original yellow card, what are well, your we, thoughts? We're attacking um, and... You know, you see, you've seen it, defenders do it where you've got a quicker attacker than you. So off the ball, they'll pull him back. So that's what Rafinha does. He grabs Mane and pulls him back. Mane reacts and throws him to the ground. But it's Mane gets that's pulled up because Mane, because typical, it's the South American that falls to the ground. Yeah, to be honest, quite right, Mane got a yellow card, but Rafinha should have got one as well because the original foul... And, that, and the original foul should be our way. Correct. And But Mane... Again, they say retaliation. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could forgive him giving the foul their way for for the retaliation, but both players should have been given a yellow card, in my opinion. And it wasn't till um, after the, I think it was after we went one. A lot we started doing our own shitousery. Um There was a thing with Henderson where Henderson went down. I think it was just a late tackle, and he didn't really, he didn't touch Henderson. But Henderson went down hot screaming, and you're saying, just stay down. There was one with Millie right on the side, and if he contacted with Millie there, Millie would have broke his leg. He literally came in off the ball, off the ground, sorry, two feet, studs up. Um, didn't touch Millie, but he got booked, the lad got booked for it, but he could have easily seen red for it because he was two foot and he was off the ground. Well, there was one where Hendo was fouled, clearly, uh, and got straight back up again. And I'm like, stay down, roll over. You know, we're, 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 we're winning here and we, we just want to run the clock down. We are too honest at times. I mean, we were doing a bit of shit housery, but the best one of the lot was uh, was was Robbo uh, as regards, yeah, well, with uh, that incident. You, you would have seen on social media after that. So that happens, that um, yellow card happens just before half time, And then obviously as half time blows the whistle, they're all walking off together. And Robbo pulled, because look, Mane, Mane's known for being a bit of a hothead, can be, Um and Mane and Rafinha are um, exchanging words, and Robbo runs over and says, um, don't worry, I'll get him back. Um, and in the second half, if you remember what Robbo did to Messi in the Champions League semi-final second leg, where they, tack they tackle him, and as he's sitting on the ground, he's 
pushes his head into the ground. Um, ball's totally away. Rafinha plays a ball and Robbo goes through him, throws him yeah. to the ground off and, the ball. And it was it was off the pitch as well because it was on the touchline. Rafinha goes down off the pitch, can't even pull it back. It, it was just like classic. And, uh, you know, don't fuck around with our Scotsman. You know, it's brilliant. I love it. Oh, um, one thing I noticed was obviously a game plan of theirs. Um, they didn't really whip any set piece in. It was always, they played it sh- quickly short and then they then they played it in. Um, they had met a lot of second runners. And we've seen, I mean, I've said this a lot um, on podcasts, we've seen a lot of different um, teams do that. I think Villa, that's how Villa scored their goal against yeah. us. Um, the other when we had to come on for behind really late. And we've seen quite a te- few teams now see that as a... Is a place where they can do do with damage because, especially these lower league teams, not lower league, but teams that aren't are inferior to us, that look to these set pieces, you know, the the free kicks in around the box, um, the corners, that they're just gonna whip in. They're the places where they try and hide. But could we have the likes of Virgil Van Dijk, um, Gomez is a big big boy. We have big plays these days, and um, so they try and catch that with these second runs. Um, today we were on top of it. But you can see it was definitely a way they were trying to get at us. Yeah, as you say, uh, you know, have you know, f- first balls into the box nine times out of ten, Van Dyke gets his head to it, and if he doesn't, then our second centre half today would have been Gomez would have got to it. So that's what I mean. So they play short, and as all then lads are pushing up to get out, as you do, you have second runners second then runners coming in. Who are running nowhere near where Van Dijk is, kind of thing. It's really wide. They're, they're pressing either but on normally the idea, Trent or... The idea on. is it goes over the top to the back post for these yeah. second runners. Then these second runners head it back, back across, across goal for the third runners that were originally the first runners. Who who were offside and they're now, in, they're now back in exactly. play. Exactly. And phase. it's exactly how Villa scored against us. Um... So luckily, it looks like obviously we've been working on it because I think we got I think we got stung in two two weeks we um, two in two weeks we got a set piece against us um, from that um, so it looks like we've been working on it yeah but you I can mean, see why you know you can yeah, see why teams I mean, are going at it that's that's what the technical guys are there for to analyse come up with uh, with weaknesses and, and then develop strategies to deal with it and just like they'll the opposition watch what Villa did and try and replicate it. It's it's like chess, isn't it, when all said and done? So just before we finish on this, um, I found it quite interesting. Um, I always thought that um, if we keep a clean sheet, we'll win the game, which is obviously true. Um, but because it's very rare we don't score. Um, I, think, I can't remember the stat, but there was a stat in a um, game last weekend where we scored. I can't remember last time we haven't scored a goal in a game. It's It's a long, long time. Um, in a, a yeah, in a game basically, and could usually if we score, oh sorry, if we keep a clean sheet, we win. Could nine out of ten we score, type of thing. I think it would have been Napoli. I think the last time we didn't score. Now, the fact that we didn't get that early goal, pressure starts to build. Pressure starts to build up. But like I said, um, it's nice to see that if you if you gave maybe entertainment wise, maybe not. But if you said to me you're going to win that game one nil, or you're going to win three two, entertainment value. You want the um, the three two, but um, I think it's important that you know we got two clean sheets in two games. I'm um, obviously discounting the Villa game. Um, we conceded um, on our last Premier League game, if I'm right. I can't remember who we played. Bloody hell, there's how many games? I'm head's battered. Who did we play? Uh, bottom of the league. I was Watford. There. I was there. 
Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the other week we um we have we well, we did a couple of games without conceding, and then we conceded. Um, but now it's just like just get, it's it's especially coming into the new year where you are going to be playing knockout football, Champions League games. So it's imperative that we just start keeping our clean. Oh, sorry, it was Monterey where we kept didn't keep the clean sheet the other week, um, in the semi final. Um, but like you said, just getting a getting a, a bit more in the rhythm of keeping them clean sheets. Um, especially like I say, it's looking ahead, but especially with these um, games coming up where it, away goals matter. Yeah, I think it's also noticeable because uh, it's been said before that when Gomez plays, we keep more clean sheets. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree so, with that. Yeah, I think that partnership is is more solid, but we don't necessarily. Yeah, look. If we keep more clean sheets, is a good thing. But the important thing is we keep scoring the other end as well. Yeah, and and as long as we yeah we've all, we generally score more than two goals in a game, which allows us to leak a goal at the other end. All right. Well, um, before we move on, you got any further stuff on being world champions? Apart, I I really really enjoyed watching the Hendo shuffle for the lift again. Yeah, again. He's he's got a trademark lift now that's probably better. Iconic now, isn't it? It's, it like, is. it's, it's iconic. Well, it's interesting because you know at the start of the year, obviously this time last year we were top at Christmas, um, but we're you know we're a trophy behind Man United in the in British ranking. Um, we're looking for the you know Champions League. We obviously we got our Champions League um, knockout uh, draw where we got Bayern Munich and Gary Neville said to fuck that off um, to concentrate in the league. There's no way we thought in 12 months we would have won three trophies. Six the, months. The, exactly. Well, yeah. The uh, what I'm saying this time last year yeah. within the year, you know, the intercontinental treble. Um, there's literally only one thing missing now. You know, we look. We'll beat Everton. We'll fuck the FA yeah. Cup. We'll beat Everton and then foot the FA Cup off. But there's literally only one thing missing now, and that's the Premier League. That's it. You know, as you say, we're the first English club to do the Intercontinental treble, which is fantastic. No one else has done that before. Not even the Manxite, which is brilliant. Uh, I've just seen on social media, going back to Hendo, where I was going with this, uh, there's been a lot of comments there, people saying, right, all the Hendo haters will have to sit down now kind of thing. And then the question, you know, starts appearing and I think it's a bit unfair they say so is Hendo better than Gerard as a captain well I think I think I've seen the poll I think that's where you're going with this yeah and it's just like people people I've, there was the poll but there's a few others as well and it's a case of you know Hendo if Hendo goes on and lifts now the, the Premier League and does it again because Hendo's not going anywhere in a hurry not a chance so potentially Hendo could you know and I know what people say about Van Dyke should be captain and all the rest of it. It's going to be bloody hard to take the captain and the handband off him. It's very and, hard. And, well, again, where I'm going is if, if Hendo does another year as captain and wins another few trophies and all the rest of it, then my comparison is Shankly didn't win anywhere near as much as Bob Paisley. And you know, and there's a big debate the right you know who is the better manager, Paisley or Shankly, and there's a debate for both, but one didn't have have it without the other kind of thing. It's it's a it's an overall thing, and they shouldn't be compared directly. And I don't think Henderson should be compared to Gerrard. I think to be the best honest. way to do it is, I mean, you say they shouldn't, but I'm going to a little bit here. I think the best way to do it is, yes. Henderson is probably going to be the more successful in trophy-wise compared to Gerard as the captain. Um, 
But if you swip the roles around Gerard in this team, does make it obviously that makes it better, but um, wins the trophies as well. If you put Henderson into the captain instead of Gerard in that Liverpool side back in 05, I don't think we're as successful. I think, but that then goes back to is is Henderson a better player? Than well, we Gerard? all know the answer to that. It's no. And, we and all know the correct, answer to that. And that's a, so it's a different debate kind of thing. And, and when we'll never know, who, you know the answer to the question. I just think Hendo has now the potential to go down as one of the most successful captains. I in, think in the, the easiest Liverpool way to put history. it is who's the best Liverpool captain? Um, I would say Steven Gerrard. I mean, I'm talking about my generation here. I'm 22. I'm talking about my generation. It's Steven Gerrard because I've seen him drag the team. Henderson's never... He's, okay, he's, he took a game by struggle for net before, but not. But he hasn't needed to because we've got other players around us to do it. Gerrard did that week in, week out. So Gerrard's a better captain for me, but, um, he, but Henderson will be the most successful. And I think that's the difference between Paisley and um, Paisley. Shankly, Shankly as well. Um, but I th- the poll was interesting because the poll was more on a generational thing. So obviously, your generation's that little bit older because you're an old fart. My a generation, little bit older. I'm a lot fucking older. My I, go, I go back to Emily News as my captain. My generation, it's Steven Gerrard as my captain, and will always be my um, will always be the best Liverpool captain for my generation now. But if you've got young lads that are 10, 11, 13 now, and um, where they weren't really. Like, you know, I think back to when I was eight, I don't really remember too much. So they won't too much remember Gerard's. They'll remember from their dads and stuff. They'll just know the, the Jordan Henderson era when he was a captain in 2014. They'll just know that era. Cause it's, that's six years now. They'll only know that era and they'll just remember how many trophies he won and go, well, he's surely the best Liverpool captain. Absolutely. And all they'll remember is that shuffle over so it, and over and, and over again. And you'll find Scousers, young lads across the country, across the city now will be doing that trophy list when they win trophies. Absolutely. So, every playground. Every playground will have that. So I think it's more of a generational thing as well. Yeah. You know, so that was my bit. All right, so um, we will move on. Um, bit of just random news now. While we've, we've gone for about half an hour, so we'll just carry on a bit on. Um, big news across Stanley Park. Um, Carlo Angelotti has um, gone to Everton, which is... Absolutely mad. Yeah. I mean, when I was back in the UK, my brother-in-law was talking about it and I was I was laughing saying, good luck, but not a cat and else. Well, Kev Walsh is going to like an idiot on the um, <laughs> yeah. thing now. He, he, said, he said it's no chance. Um, and and I, he said, I'm going to like an idiot if it happens, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, fair play to Evan to for fair, doing I think it. it's great for the city. I do. I mean, look. It's a great I, I, appointment. I've always said I'm quite happy for Evan to be really successful. If we're winning the Champions League, uh, yeah, well, they, they can win. finish second, can't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can win the FA Cup or they can win the League Cup. No, nah, they don't win any trophies because it's, uh, it's just fun singing. But <laughs> now, for me, it's with the with with Angelotti. Now, there's um, a thing with him where he's never been at a club longer than three years. You know, another Mourinho. Exactly. So. If you're bringing in for, again, I'm doing quotation marks here, but a project. project. Um, so you're thinking, you know, of a, a, a similar thing to Guardiola, yes, to a point, but more Klopp. Um, you know, because I don't, Everton are obviously in a lot a lot worse position than what um, Klopp took over at Liverpool. But that means over the next five years, it's a complete clear out of what he has and all the, and involving his style of plays that he has in. Um 
Now, if he's only been, if he only has been at clubs, like I said, he's never been at a club longer than three years. Has he, on look, although it's a great signing on paper, has Angelotti gone three years? He's going to be on eleven and a half mil a year, thirty-one and a half grand a day, twenty-one pound every minute. So as he looked at that money, he's going to be the third highest paid manager in the league. As he looked at that money going, yeah, why not? It's money. We'll see how we go. We know that there's been quite a few conversations going on in the background and this was supposed to be signed, sealed and delivered a few days ago and we reckon that the reason it wasn't that he was waiting for confirmation on what money he would have available for transfers and that kind of thing. But I think the other thing was that he's confirmed that Big Dunk's going to be in, on his back room staff. So Which it, is what they need. Exactly. To be, fair, to, to be fair to him, he's done tremendously well. Correct. So is this now setting the stall out that Ancelotti does his three years and Dunk remains beyond that? That's still a massive drop from Angelotti to Duncan Ferguson. But if if the project is underway and the building blocks have been put in place... Now, this is not about making Everton top four contenders. This is about turning Everton into a... A European powerhouse. Well, let's start with, to be honest, let's start with them qualifying for Europe consistently year in, year. Go back to where they were when they had Moisey there. That's where they've got to get back to as a, as a platform to then become a European powerhouse or whatever. And they've got the money behind them to do it. And this might just be just enough to get to that point. My, my issue is with the... Duncan taking over from Angelotti. I can imagine Angelotti and Duncan Ferguson have totally different philosophies. So if Angelotti brings in a certain player, certain players, sorry, well, you need to hold fucking new 18 for that squad, um, to take over um, the squad that he is now and he implements his philosophy, Duncan takes over in three years, he has going to have a totally different philosophy no. and he's going to have a bunch of players that aren't going to be able to play in his, the old way, not his way. I think that's part of the conversation been going on in the background to make sure that there's some kind of alignment in the generalised philosophy of the two. Hard for you to change a philosophy, especially someone like Duncan Ferguson where he just wants to run on and headbutt somebody. Oh, or run up and down and hug the ball boys. So we'll quickly get on, like I said before, he's the third highest paid manager. That, um, that is Pep number one. So... You know, we just looked at a stat before and they're not updated with a few of the managerial changes, but it was um, Pep, um, then it was, who was it, um, Poch, and then it was Jürgen. Now, we're guessing, obviously, Jürgen signed this new deal, so he will be on more than what he was. I think it was around 8 mil that he was on. But it's got, um, at the minute, it'll be Pep on the most. It will well, be Jose. double everybody else. Double everyone else, typical. It will be Jose in second. Um, and Jurgen and then Jurgen now will drop out of third and go to fourth with Everton now paying them more. Now, so I think it's I not think really it's a worry the, for me. I think it's there to there about. Do you reckon Klopp's now going? I wonder if I, no Everton have just paid stupid amount for Angelotti. Could I have got more? I don't think Klopp works like that. Neither do I. But it is. Do you reckon it was in his head where he goes? I reckon I can move somewhere else for double if double the money. No, because. The, again, you go back to the, we hear what's going on with the negotiation for Klopp's contract. And one of the highest things on his priority list was the fact that all of his staff yeah, got a pay rise. As otherwise, yeah, He's he, definitely the type of guy as well to, I won't take an extra three mil, spread that across the, my backroom staff. That's right. 
because he knows that without I'm already going to because he, he would have already got a pay rise. Correct. So let's and say I, let's say he's and on, for him to move to eight to eleven. Yeah. He goes, don't give me fifteen. Spread take it that around. extra three off. I'll have the eleven because who can yeah. live off? Because obviously living off eleven million years is not bad. It's so hard, isn't it? So and he said, pass it around my backroom staff type of thing. And they all get a fresh contract, and that he, he's he's got his stability. Not just for himself, no, you're right. but for I mean, the I, whole backroom. That, that it would just be in devil's advocate, yeah. Really. And it, but his backroom staff are the platform for him to develop what he's developing and this whole uh, ethos and this family feel at the club. And one more thing, we've seen. You know, Everton have had a variety of different managers in the past. Um, let's say two years. Um, well, so you've had the likes of Big Sam. Kuman, you know, you've had Big Sam who likes to kick the ball on Kuman, who's a bit more technical. Marco Silva. Now they've obviously gone for the more um, well-known and you know, big money, big experience, big hype. Man United have gone down that route as well with the likes of um, you know Mourinho and um, what's his name, Van Gaal, and it hasn't worked out. So there's no guarantee that it's obviously going to work out for United. No, sorry. City. <laughs> City, Everton. Everton got there eventually. Jesus. No, I agree with you, and but I, that's why I go back to that's why it's really important to have big dunk in the background. I think he's going to be a bit of a sounding board and the leveler to stop wholesale change for wholesale change sake, and and to keep a bit of the the underlying ethos of Everton that needs to be kept. I mean, look, Everton's a good club. There's good people there, and and it you know for to be honest. I love to see them get beat by us, uh, but the reality is they are the they are our neighbours across the park. And when when a shit hits the fan, they're always there for us as well. And it it's important that they 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 don't get lost in the wash. We don't want them to be a no mark club because to be honest, the derbies aren't fun anymore. So yeah, I think it's important that Big Dunk will have a big say in what goes on behind the scenes. And that's the bit that will hopefully make it successful, but it is still a fucking big gamble. All right, we'll finish with Leicester versus City. Um, that happened at the same time. Um, then we were both watching that game as well as the Club World Cup final. Um, City came out three-one winners at home. Um, I think we were. I think we were um, disagreeing of how we wanted this game to go. I wanted. I would have preferred a City win. I think you preferred a draw. Draw or yeah or yeah. I just want. I would like both teams to drop points. Uh, I'm convinced Leicester won't stay the course, and I do. Well, th- I think if we go beat Leicester in our Boxing Day, it's that that will completely rule them out. Correct. Because and yes, they can still they'll still be in 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 with a shout. Cause they will, but the fact that they've now played us twice and played City the once, and they can only take three points off City, and we'll be if we beat them, we'll be like. 16 points ahead of them and they can't drop take any more yeah. points off us they'll be ruled out type of thing yeah I just and I, yeah I just don't think they'll stay there. I, think, I think they're going to do well this season they're doing yeah they're batting above their, their average at the minute definitely well they're well above their average that when they were top of the league when they won it in 2015-16 so I just think City are still there's no way Leicester are going to go on an unbeaten run between now and the end of the season City are still capable of doing that, as are we, great. But what I don't want, I don't want City getting a, a scent of any kind of blood because that, that's the risk. 
if 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 we drop a few get a few points, they sniff blood, they start on a run, we start feeling the pressure. Whereas with Leicester, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that they can go on a run, but it won't last at the end of the season. So that's why I was I was I just wanted Leicester to drop points. I'm, but either way, so I'm, I'm gonna be the way I'm gonna argue my point is I'm gonna say that we beat West Ham in our game in hand. Yeah. So um, I mean, fuck knows where that's gonna be played. But in my head, we're gonna be we'll beat West Ham in our game in hand. Therefore, we'll be um, 13 points clear of City. Uh, sorry, of Leicester and 14 still clear of City. That means we need to drop points in five games. Then obviously, play if we go and beat Leicester. But anyway, I mean, like I said, we'll be about. We need to drop points in about five games for us, for them to catch us. Really, you know, it's it's not gonna. We happen. need to, and for those, is is that well? You say drop points. It's at least lose four yeah. and maybe draw one. You know what I mean? Or it's like draw ten. It 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 would take a cr- catastrophic thing for us to drop it from here now um, and I just think City getting Leicester off our backs I don't want City, Leicester winning because then Leicester come on a big high towards it'll be a big atmosphere at the King Power they beat us and they're in this banging this title race them losing to City 3-1 have gone maybe we're not as good as we thought oh psychologically they've done their heads in exactly so you look at the alternative the psychological effect of that was coming home world champions going to them going we're the best team in the world to those going to them coming into it going maybe we're not as good as we thought yeah I hear what you're saying but you know what even if Leicester came and beat us I still don't think that they'll last the course. I think with Leicester coming and beating us does City a favour more than anything else but now as but now as City beat Leicester doesn't really I can see us maybe drawing at Leicester yeah, I can see he's drawing at Leicester, but that means we're still like twelve points clear. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, uh, we'll be yeah. Wow, well, was it 11, uh, 11, 12 uh, points clear? I think we'll be twelve yeah, points. Say, clear. I've only got ten fingers, so it's beyond the numbers we'll, I can we'll, count. We'll be twelve points clear um, if we draw at Leicester with yeah, a game in hand. Game like, in I hand. mean, you've you've got to take these things into perspective. Um, um, I think we're sound. Yeah, and going, you know, coming into the new year, it's, it's yeah, it's frightening really, and yeah, and we're still on for a hundred points. Well over, well, exactly. well over on yeah, It's like, I'm just like... 114, 114 we're going for. Daggering. And that's what I mean, you know, everyone says, you know, are we going to drop points to do that? You got to think about it. For us to not make 100 points now, the only way we're not going to make 100 points is if we completely... Screw it up. Screw it up. Because, you know, we're 14 points ahead in the league, technically, if you count the game in hand. We've, and we're, we've got 114. We've only, you can only get a maximum of 116 and we drew one game. So there's 114 up for grabs. So for us to somehow bollock this up, we need to... As long as you think about it, if we get at least 100 points, we win this league. Correct. Because City can't make 100 unless they can't make 100. (laughs) All right, then. Well, I think we'll That's a good point to finish, really, isn't it? I think we'll um, wrap it up there. Um, Champions of Europe. Sorry, super champions of Europe. Champions of the world. 10 points clear at the top of the league. Happy days. Up the Reds.